morning. <laughs> I'm glad it's uh, started to warm up a little bit in here. Um, hopefully we'll get you warmed up with a couple of tracks as well as we go through uh, the psychology of in-store radio. And it says that um, it's, it's an industry that's steadily been growing for about 10 years. It's actually been growing for about 20 years in South Africa. Um, I work for a company called AdSat, AdSat Corporate Communication, and we were one of the first that introduced um, retail radio or in-store radio or private radio, or corporate radio, whatever you want to call it, into the market. And, and it has grown quite a lot over the te last 10 years. It was a very slow growth in the beginning. Takeoff was a little bit slow. Trying to convince people in the power of audio in-store was obviously something that we worked on for many, many years. And now it's starting to become quite commonplace in the market. So basically, you can blame it on the 90s. A lot of things came through in the 90s, uh, which we probably rather forget. But one of the most memorable ones for us was the launch of Nando's Heatwave Radio. Um, it's, it makes sense that Nando's would be the first to introduce something like this. It's a brand that takes chances. It's a brand that's very customer-centric. And they wanted to do something in the restaurant experience that customers would enjoy. Now, it's changed quite a lot since we first implemented the big idea of uh, in-store radio. And when Nando's started up, they had live DJs throughout the day. So you went into a, a Nando's restaurant, you sat down, there were DJs talking about the product, the experience, um, there was comedy, and they tried to make it very similar to their brand. But of course, people are sitting down and they're eating. So over time, we realized that the live DJ model wasn't working. Now, a lot of the other retailers that implemented it also started off with a live radio model. We went in and we took commercial radio and we tried to introduce that in the in-store environment and gradually over time we've realized what works and what doesn't work. The live DJ model works very, very well in the mornings with staff communication, so we still do have live DJs, but most of our services now, except for Vodacom, are, are pre-recorded. So the big idea was Customers are in a store, why aren't you talking to them? Why aren't you telling them why they're there? Why aren't you thanking them for being there? And why aren't you telling them about all the fantastic services and promotions that you have in the store? It's basically like guiding customers around the store and just reminding them of certain things along the way and what they can go and enjoy after they've left the store as well. Um, it's great for motivating and connecting with the staff. As a staff communication tool, it's immediate. We can put the CEO on the following day and he can make an announcement to staff. It's much faster than sending out a newsletter and hoping that people read an email and trying to put a corporate video together. And then there's the magic of music because studies have shown that you can actually influence people's behavior through the right choice of music. And if you think about it, when you go to a restaurant specifically, if the music is not good, you just don't enjoy the experience. And it's so important that we get that right. Now, the presentation is focusing a little bit more on the in-store environment because the restaurant experience and the in-store experience are quite different. And we have to treat them differently. The restaurant experience is all about the music. We don't have branding, we don't do advertising. It's, it's about 
figuring out what the brand stands for and how the brand sounds, and then making sure that we play the right music in, in the restaurant. Whereas in-store, there's a lot more that we have to put into it. So basically, what, is a, what does a retailer want? They want happy shoppers. They want repeat business, and they want a shopper to come in and find everything that they need and enjoy the experience that they have when they're in the store. So how we do that is simply by blending verbal communication and music. And from that, we specifically look at the effect that the music has on shopper behavior. We communicate to the customers, as I said, if a customer comes into your store, why are you not talking to them while they're there? And very importantly, employee engagement. Now the applications of in-store radio, it is a phenomenal environment management tool. You can control your environment, your audio environment. Um, you can create a pleasant environment within the store. You can eliminate all bad news. You can eliminate competitor advertising and just create your own cocoon for your shoppers in-store and create a really positive experience. It's also a very compelling sales driver because you are advertising to your customers outside of the store. They know that they want to come in and they want to take advantage of a certain offer, but often we forget. And then we arrive in the store and there's so many competing messages in the store and then we realize that we've actually walked out without the milk that we wanted to get or whatever promotional offer it was that we wanted to get. So it can be a very compelling sales driver. There's nothing competing with the audio. So for example, when you go into a store and you see a lot of visual cues all over the store, a lot of visual promotion, there's wobblers, pop-ups, gondolas, and uh, digital signage up in store. Whereas with the audio, you've just got that one audio broadcast that's going out. And it's a great opportunity to remind people about the specials and about the services that are on offer. It's customer and staff communication. So, I mean, there's an argument to say that even though you are directing your communication at customers, it is very advantageous for staff because they know what's going on in the store. They know what's on promotion. When you ask a staff member, they've been hearing about it all day and they actually understand what's going on in the store as opposed to just arriving at work and, and figuring it out as you go along. And then most importantly, it's a significant influencer of mood. And to figure that out and to actually put the model together, we had to look at a lot of music research to figure out how we can influence a shopper's mood and how we can create that positive experience in the in-store environment using radio. So there's a little saying that I think you'll understand is quite true as we go along. Music has the charms to soothe a savage beast, to soften rocks or bend a knotted oak. And you'll see that music does have the ability to do that. If somebody's in a bad mood, if we play the right music, then we might be able to turn that experience around and turn it into a positive experience. And I think in our stores, probably cashiers will tell you that often by the time a customer gets to the till, they need something that will soothe a savage beast when they're putting the eggs in the, the packet the wrong way or something like that. So music is a great tool to be able to do that. If we can create a positive experience in the store with music, the interactions that staff have with customers will be positive as well. 
And I'm going to hand over to Aliska. She's our head of music, and she's put together a couple of music clips that will highlight how music can make you feel. Thank you very much. So we thought we'd um, have just a little bit of fun with you this morning as well, um, because a big part of what we do is all about the music and creating that atmosphere in store. We work very closely with our brands, and one of the things that we try and understand is how would they like the customer to feel? Uh, because they are, uh, if you are a fast food chain, you would like your people to move quicker through the store because you want activity, you want energy. Uh, another brand, for instance, a spa, may want to calm you down. And music is just incredible because it can convey feeling. So brands are waking up to this thing more and more. And even if you think of your cell phone, your cell phone makes noises and it speaks to you. And so brands are tapping into the power of music to, to make that emotional connection. So um, what I wanted to do is just um, play you some music examples and I want you to tell me what uh, feeling it's conveying. And that is really what composers do. They use the building blocks of music, which is harmony, rhythm, and melody, and they manipulate that to uh, convey a certain feeling. So let's listen to the first example here, and uh, I'd like you to tell me what, what feeling this is conveying. So that's absolutely spot on. So what they do here with the rhythm is they just push the rhythm a little bit before the beat every time, and that makes you feel anxious. So when you think about soul music, the rhythm is always behind the beat. So that's what gives it its laid-back feeling. So just by pushing the rhythm, Punk uses it a lot, and that it, it conveys that anger. So uh, that's one of the tools that they use it there. Okay, let's try another one. time there because I can just see <laughs> from the reactions that, that this is kind of a happy song. Um, it's got that disco beat. You will hear in, 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 in the way they structured the melodies, there was a lot of sibling. 
<laughs> so that creates energy and excitement. Okay, and a lot of our clients obviously want people to feel happy, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's the type of music that we'll then select. Um, let's, let's try one more. And this is Radiohead, so... <laughs> amazing that from the one extreme to the other music can just transport us um, and then what we also thought of doing is just to play you an example of a piece of music that you won't hear in store <laughs> So that was a very big track by Rihanna, uh, but as you can tell, there's just so much uh, noise, alarms, all that sort of thing. You don't want, to, in a shopping experience, you don't want to play alarms because that typically tells you that something is wrong, that you need to evacuate, <laughs> and that sort of thing. So a lot of thought goes into the music selection, and um, yeah, these examples were just to kind of uh, get you thinking. <laughs> so smart retailers have realized music has an effect on your brain. And they've realized that it also has an effect on your attitude. And that's what they want, is a good attitude in store, positive attitude. So music therapists, it's become a profession, it's become a recognized science. And they have tremendous um, impact with people that are going through traumas, people that are suffering from anxiety. So there's a lot that you can learn from music therapy. Um, so if we look at this you can see how the brain is actually affected by music. And importantly, it can help reduce the perception of pain. If you find shopping extremely unpleasant, then perhaps we can try and make it a little bit more pleasurable for you to part with your money. Um, it also has the power to improve your state of mind, which is what Eliska has just shown. You go from the extreme of being happy to being anxious to, to being sad. And... Music can help people that are suffering from depression. I think that's quite widely known, and that's also something that is extensively used in music therapy. So if we think like therapists when we're putting together the playlist and we think about how to get our customers and our staff and everybody that's listening to our channels happy, then we're going to achieve what we want. Um, it can alter your breathing and heart rate, certainly if you're in the gym and you've got your... Uh, heavy music on and it's getting you motivated because it does have a, you have a physiological response to music as well. It can make you act 
out in physical ways. It can make you run faster. It can make you sleepy. Um, there's a lot of power that music has. And it distracts you away from things that you're not enjoying. And, and how we use music as a distractor in store is there is a lot of noise in store. There's the clanging of trolleys over the tiles. There's people talking. There's children running, screaming down the aisle. There's a lot going on in the store. And music can actually mask some of that and create a more pleasant environment. It uh, also causes you to release feel-good chemicals, which are gonna make you feel better as well. And if it's got a strong beat, then it actually stimulates your brain waves, and it makes you think a little bit more about what you're doing. So we looked at the research, and the research started about 40 years ago with Philip Kotler. There was some research that was done before then, but he was the first person that had sort of the gravitas to actually get recognized with the research that he did. And he came up with the idea that in-store audio can influence a shopper's behavior. But he looked at the full package, and that's why he talks about atmospherics. Um, atmospherics is a marketing tool. It's all the elements and experiences that we have with our senses. So we're looking at the in-store environment, we're looking at the smells, we're looking at um, possibly a taste tester that you're experiencing. We're looking at all the visual stimuli that's around the store. And he felt that buyers responded to the total product. And interestingly enough, he said that he felt that the atmospherics and the atmosphere in store was actually more important than the product itself that you were purchasing. It took about 10 years before anybody really did any significant research again, but that was with Milliman in 1982. And we know that a lot has changed since the 80s. Um, traditionally, women were the shoppers. Um, they still are, but um, there's a lot more men going into store as well. And their research focused a lot on female shoppers. And that's something that has changed the landscape with us because Women are more aware of being influenced by music, according to the research, they say. Men come in, I suppose it's the whole multitasking thing. They come in, they know what they want to buy, they buy what they want to buy, and they leave. Now, Milliman, when he did his research, he found that tempo was very important in the music that we play. So what we've read in so much research, he's also the person that did the, the research on, on restaurants, music in restaurants, which everybody uses. But before that, he actually did research in shops. And he said, slow music slows you down. And then the conclusion to that would be, if you're moving slower through the environment, you'll take more time to look at the products, more time to be influenced by the products and realize that you were forgetting that you needed eggs or that you needed uh, an iPad or something like that as you're moving through the store. So in Milliman's research, he said, if you just slow down the tempo, then you're going to make more money as a retailer. Then Donovan and Rossiter released some research and they came up with something called a pleasure arousal dominance model which has been used in a lot of research that has come after that. And basically, it mainly focuses on the pleasure and the arousal side. And it finds that you get different responses and different behaviors when music appeals to different centers of your brain. So when it's pleasant, and when you start secreting oxytocin and all of those feel-good chemicals, 
then you're probably going to be more inclined to enjoy your experience in store as opposed to when arousal is stimulated. And arousal is often the fight and flight kind of response that you have, adrenaline. And that can be from loud music. If a store is playing music incredibly loudly in store, it's probably going to increase arousal in a negative way because you're going to want to leave. And most people that do leave say that the reason they left is not because they didn't like the song, but because it was deafening while they were trying to do their shopping. Now, the study measured intention. So they didn't actually talk to people that were in the store and doing shopping. They also didn't look at whether the people actually knew the brand and did shop at the brand. So that was a big shortcoming of the research, and they decided to fix that in their subsequent research. They also increased their sample size and they looked at discount department stores specifically because a lot of the research that they'd been doing was talking about going to buy perfumes and things that you actually enjoy shopping for. And what they found is that if the store is perceived as pleasant, upbeat music is preferred, which contradicts some of the earlier findings where they said slow music is actually better for the in-store environment. But more recent, we come into 2012, and there we're looking at tempo and mode. So mode is essentially the harmony of the song. And what they said there is that the major mode, which is the happy, the happy mode, had less of an effect as the minor mode. But if you played music in the major mode, happy music, it didn't really matter what the tempo was. But if you played music in the sad mode, then you are more inclined to get a better effect or, or customers to spend more time in store if it was in a lower tempo. But probably one of the best studies, um, according to us, is the Leicester University study. Because there they bring in the concept which is very widely used now of sonic branding. And sonic branding was a concept that was, was created by a Frenchman who was a producer at a radio station and then went into sales. And we know when you go into sales, you need to find a really clever catchphrase to use with your customers, and he came up with sonic branding. And that's been used quite, a, quite widely now in the retail sphere because brands need to find music that matches their brand. They need to figure out what is the essence of their brand, what is the core identity of the brand, and play music that fits with their brand. Because if we looked at all the research that's been happening so far, and if we decided that slow music was the way to go, that's never going to work in a sports retailer. Um, there's a disjoint. You know, a lot of um, retailers, for example, Builders Warehouse, run carnivals outside the store. You can get popcorn, your kids can jump on the jumping castle, and there's lots of excitement outside the store. And then you walk into the store, and there's all this very slow, melodic music playing. It feels awkward and it feels uncomfortable. And that's not the feeling that you want to create with shoppers. You want to feel like it's a seamless experience walking from outside to inside. So obviously, when we put together our playlists, promotions play a huge role. Month ends is, is going to be a lot more upbeat than what mid-month is going to be. 
When people are rushing in for their lunch hour, we're going to play faster music. When people are rushing in after work, we're going to play faster music. But there are certainly times of the day where we do want you to spend a little bit more time. If you're coming in mid-mornings, you probably are working from home or don't have, you're not in a massive hurry to get somewhere. We can slow you down and we can invite you to actually experience what we have in the store. The other important thing is that it creates a brand identity and customers know where they are. When they walk into your store, your store should be the same no matter where you go. If you walk into a grocery store, you never walk into a fridge. You always walk into fresh food areas, it's the bakery, it's all the beautiful stuff that really entices you. You would never walk into an ice cream freezer as much as you love ice cream. That's never the first thing that they put on display. And it's the same thing with the audio. It has to be consistent across the brand so that you know when you're inside a pick and pay, this is how pick and pay feels no matter where I go in the country. Now emotions is massive because that's part of what Eliska showed you in the music that she played. It appealed to your emotions. And the strategic use of sound is increasingly being used as a tool for branding. I mean, it's been used in advertising for as long as we know. And there's certainly more science around that. And there's certainly more uh, information available. But why shouldn't we use that in the in-store environment as well? You can't just throw in a CD anymore. And I think we had a great example of that yesterday. Um, we had a call from one of our clients to complain that the music in the store was unpleasant and it was chasing customers out. And the reason for that is that it's not from the 50s and 60s. So one of the challenges that you face in the in-store environment is because the radio station belongs to the brands, the staff feel that they have ownership over the radio station. And whatever I enjoy, surely everybody else must enjoy. And music doesn't work like that. We all have different tastes. And that is the big challenge with putting our model together. If you're a commercial radio station, you know who your market is. You know who's listening. You can have focus groups and you can figure out what they like, what they enjoy, what they want to hear. For us, it's a little bit more different. Firstly, Grocery shopping is a grudge purchase. Nobody gets excited about going to buy groceries. Unless you really like food. <laughs> a lot. So we have to bear that in mind. We have to make the, the, the experience as pleasant as possible. We want you to spend more time interacting with a brand. But we are dealing with every South African. Everybody can go into a retail store at some time. We all eat. We all drink. We have to to survive. So uh, we can't say our customers are predominantly female, 18 to 25, and so this is what everybody enjoys and this is what we're going to play. We have got shoppers from four, well, actually from one week old right through to 80s and 90s if you get that far. So it's very difficult to make everybody happy all the time. So it's less about choosing music that's popular and more about music that stands the test of time, that people will enjoy. Now, Universal did a study a couple of years ago, which was a fantastic study, and what they said is that music enables brands to go beyond delivering awareness to forming an emotional connection with customers. And that's what we've been saying all along. We need to make a connection. We need to establish brand loyalty, 
And it's just one of the tools that can help us get to that point. Because a marketer can do everything right. They can run all the right promotions. The stores can be beautiful. You can get a foot massage when you come in the door. But if the music is loud and the music is jarring, you won't want to go back there. And quite a nice thing that they said. When brands tap into this, they're able to truly resonate with their customers. And it is all about forming a connection. It's about forming a connection and creating brand loyalty. So what we're saying is that a brand has a sound. And that sound is embedded in your values. It's embedded in your offering to your customers. It's embedded in your logo. And it's also embedded in the design of your retail space. So what a retailer needs to do is say, this is our sound, this is our brand. And that's what we have to come up with when we put a station together, because all of our clients are vastly different, and they all have different requirements. We, did, um, we provided a service for a bank a while ago, and traditionally one would expect that it would be very formal, um, possibly more classical music, um, certainly not very vibrant and energetic. But their whole brand promise was that they make dreams come true. So what they wanted to do was make customers feel comfortable because you feel quite anxious if you're going in and you're applying for a loan. So they wanted people to feel relaxed and comfortable. They wanted to make the waiting time seem less obvious because you can wait some time in a bank. And because making dreams come true was so important to them and so important to their brand, they needed music that was inspiring and motivational. So it would be Dreams, Gabrielle. Um, we had Rihanna shine like a diamond. Um, and that's how they built up their playlist. So sometimes we have an idea of what a client wants, but we really have to get to know the brand before we put it together. And we have to know what they want from their customers what they want their customers to feel, what they want their customers to experience. And we need to know the demographics, we need to know the psychographics of the customers, and only with all of that information and what they want to achieve can we actually put a radio station together. So that's the music side of things, which is probably the most exciting side of things. But... And now we're talking about more the retail side of things, not in restaurants, because we don't, we don't produce ads for that. But in-store radio is a touch point that all of your customers will experience no matter where they're standing in the store. So as opposed to digital signage, if you're not in front of the TV or in front of a poster or some sort of promotion, if you're not in front of it, you won't see it. Whereas in-store radio touches you no matter where you are in the store. And there's so much that businesses are doing that they cannot communicate. There just isn't enough space to hang posters to talk about all of the things that they do. So what they'll do is they can use in-store radio to communicate a lot of that. For example, when leaving the store, if they have a registered dietitian that offers free di dietary advice, you need to tell your customers about it. Direct them to the website, direct them to the social media pages where they can get more information on what is offered in the stores. You can go into a little bit more detail on some of the promotions that are happening. But it's very important to find that balance between music and verbal communication. Because nobody wants to be spoken to the whole way around the store. You want to relax and we want to create a pleasant environment. We don't want to be talking to you the entire time. So the ads are shorter, they are snappy, 
and we put them, we disperse them throughout the playlist. We wouldn't, for example, do a 30-minute music marathon and then play a whole lot of ads in one go because a customer might be in store for the 30 minutes and then miss the ads and uh, or they might have to suffer through all the ads and not get to enjoy the music. So we found that it's, it's very good or very effective at um, promoting specials that are happening in the store. Customers hear about it outside, they get inside the store, everything else distracts them and they forget about the specials that they came in. So we can just remind them as they go through the store and thank them for actually coming into the store and, and supporting the store and, and um, supporting the brand. And of course, give them reasons to come back. Employee engagement. It's probably one of the most important things that we do. In the morning, the majority of our clients, before their stores open, have a staff show. We can talk to every single staff member in one go, one message. We bring in the CEO, he only, he only has to talk once. We bring in the regional managers and all of the senior managers that only have to speak once, and the music goes out. And the beauty of radio is it's recorded. And we can rebroadcast it and we can repeat it and we can make sure that the message gets across to everyone. As opposed to dropping an email into a store and hoping that it's shared with everybody in the store. It's also a great way of making the staff feel a part of the brand. They get to hear what other outlets are doing. They get to hear about the charity work and all the fantastic sustainability things that the brand does which is really important to share. And then they get to share birthdays and special occasions and 10 years service with the company. And it's really great to praise staff as well, to thank them for what they're doing and to get them motivated because then when customers come through the door, staff are in a good mood. They've had songs, requests, and they've had something that is theirs in the morning. And then for the rest of the day, hopefully nothing happens that changes all of that, and then they'll interact and have a good interaction with customers. It's also a great way of making sure that they know what's happening in the store, that when a customer asks a question, they have the answer, and that they can give good service and informed service, because half the time, if, you, if you're not informed, that's when you don't give bad service. You, you, ne you, you don't want to give an answer because you don't know if you're giving the right answer. So making sure that your staff know what's going on in the business is critical to our in-store radio offering. So I think we've got six minutes left, and I'm going to leave it there. So can we go to questions? Um, so the question is, there are two questions actually in one. Uh, which brands do you deal with now? And then what sort of size are the, the music playlists that you deal with it, at each, each store? Well, generally it's one playlist to each, to the brand. Um, we do have regional, excuse me, regionalization and differentiation with some of our clients. Um, but a lot of our clients are still getting one standard broadcast so that there's a consistent message. In terms of clients, um, pick and pay. Uh, we do pick and pay in South Africa. We also do Zambia. Uh, we do builders. We do all of their builders brands locally. We also do all of their Africa sites. Uh, Game is one of our clients. Um, Nando's, still with us. 
after 20 plus years. Um, we've also got a couple of restaurants. We do Jamie's Italian, we do salsa. Um, gosh, I've had a blank, Diskim. Yeah. So we have quite a wide variety of clients. And then in terms of the music question, I'll hand that over to Aliska. It depends. Um, uh, for uh, Nando's, is an interesting client because um, they really focused in, they really uh, created a sonic brand which they tap into the uh, Portuguese heritage and they also tap into the um, African heritage. So it's, uh, they've coined a phrase, it's called Afro Luso. Um, so the music. Uh, there the playlist is quite small and focused, uh, but like just Justine explained, for uh, pick and pay, there's a, such a big demographic coming through the door, so the, the playlist there is, is quite big. Um, I'm from Nigeria, Lagos, and we really can shop without the music. <laughs> But it's something that's coming up in Nigeria. So what happens in some of the stores that have the in-store radio is it's just them announcing what they've got in the store over and over. And if they choose to play music, Nigerian music is mostly heavy, loud, and fast. It doesn't appeal to your moods, really. So I wanted to take you back, because I walked in late, I'm sorry, to ask about um, how you say the music plays a role, slow music and fast music, what it really... Um, brings out in the customer and um, if maybe next time I go to the store I can just ask them to play something else. <laughs> All right, thanks. I think it depends what they sell. Um, it, it depends on who their client is. Um, if it is a young brand, if it's um, a clothing brand, you generally will have faster music so you'll probably find that it does work. Uh, we don't have experience in Nigeria. Uh, we might be going to Nigeria, but we don't have experience yet. Um, but it's a very difficult one to answer without knowing the market, but I, I think it really does depend on the brand. But there's definitely places that you were going to, if you were going into a wine store, for example, where you wouldn't want to hear fast music. If you're trying to go for a classy environment or an expensive restaurant, then that wouldn't be the music that you'd want to play. But there's so much music available that um, you, can, you can put a playlist together anywhere. I mean, we've, we've got experience in Zambia. We've got experience in Botswana. Um, it, with Nando's, we've got experience right across the continent, um, into the Middle East as well. But it's a little bit easier because they have a very, very specific music brand that they've created, and maybe that's the solution. Um, hi, I'm Zianda from KSA Radio. Um, we are, I'm a presenter for an online and on prime time from 12 to 3 p.m. And we've got a range of audience from South Africa to Brazil, all around the world. But our specific, we are specifically a South African-based online radio. And sometimes I get juggled up because I don't get to compile the music. But when I get into studio and I have to present this to my audience, and I'm like, oh my God, I can see one is running away, one is running away. So now I'd like to know, for internet prime time, of course, people are in their offices, sitting their computers and trying to work. What kind of music would you actually advise for internet prime time? I'd like to say, I know it's not for online, but uh, people actually do uh, take time to listen to it from 12 to 3 p.m. Thank you. 
So that is interesting. Um, uh, we uh, had just a meeting yesterday at Vodacom, uh, and they were saying between 9 and 12 people are in meetings and they are working what kind of music uh, would people be listening to. And um, I would uh, definitely recommend that it f if you want to focus, um, I would... Uh, look at a slower paced music, um, I would look at music that would calm you down. Um, if you go onto the internet and you uh, type in study music, that study music is typically um, slower, it's got a steady beat, um, so that would just regulate you, just, just keep you sort of in a zone. It, I would and I think um, what I would do is concentrate really on the flow of the music. So I wouldn't have one up-tempo song going into a slower song. I'd really look that there's a really smooth mood flowing from the one into the next. Um, and a, just a nice curve in the music across the hour. Okay, one last question back there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys need to Good morning. Mine is not a question per se, but it's just a comment. I think this is great. Um, when we drive through, either from Joburg to Bloemfontein to PE, we always spend some time in garages, petrol garages. And in most cases, I'm sure this is a territory. In KZN, obviously, they'll tune into East Coast, in Free State, OFM. Have you guys thought of exploring that market as well? Maybe having partnership with Shell, Caltech, Sasol, and expand your brand. Just an idea. It's up to you guys. And then you can give me 5% commission on that. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're going to take back that 5%. <laughs> Shell was one of our clients. Um, we, we ran a radio station for them for about five, five or six years. It's a, it's a difficult model because it's franchisees. So when it comes to paying for it, it's quite difficult. Hmm. Um, hello, everybody. I'm from Voice of Vits, VOFM. I'm the technical manager there. I just wanted to find out, um, I have an interest when it comes to music law. And one of the things I've always been curious about when it comes to retail radio is, um, synchro not synchronization, the, the blanket license. When you guys play a bank, when you pay a blanket license, is it per store or is it just one flat? Because I can imagine that becomes a bit costly when it's <laughs> per store, right? So I've just been curious. It's just out of curiosity that I'm asking. It's a really difficult question to answer because there's so much involved in the whole process. Any outlet that plays music has to pay to broadcast that music. So it doesn't matter what you play. If you're playing a commercial radio station, they have to pay their music royalties. Then there's a separate set, which is for us to broadcast to our clients. And there's a number of agencies, and it's, it's changed quite a bit. I mean, it used to be fairly simple. It was Samro, and you paid Samro, and, and that was how it worked. But there's a few different ones that have come up, which are representing different um, musicians and composers and so forth. And so it's a little bit more complicated, but the general model would be per store or percentage of turnover. But it's, there's, there's quite a few of them, so it's quite difficult to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so 
How it works is that, um, as she rightfully said, every store gets a separate license. So, for example, a pick and pay, most of them are individually owned. So as much as it's, a, it's got a big mother body, people buy them a separate company. So they have to pay a license in order to have the music broadcast. And some of them use royalty-free music, but for the most part, it's always commercial music, which is you know your bigger, popular songs. So for us, it would be performing rights, and then you've got a capasso, which is your mechanical rights, which is more the online-based stuff and then you've got just Sampra and all these other um, collecting societies so yeah and you would also have to have it if you're broadcasting because you know like your SABC's broadcast and all these online platforms would broadcast but we would as Samra get a percentage from from the mechanical area because there's still a performance right as well so yeah great thank you, thank you. Just 